sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, good morning. Can't find a better place in the world to live than Santa Barbara. I tell you, it is amazing. It's a beautiful day today. Um, I, our sunflowers are roof high. Magnificent. We, magnif- we have magnificent sunflowers blooming. Another quick really shout out to Something's Good Organic. We got our getting our box tomorrow. Last week's box was phenomenal. If so, if you all don't want to do the whole uh, peeking, because you really don't know the organic now is the definition of organic is changing. But when you know you're going right to a farm to pick up a box, Christine Marie, have you had uh, something good organic before? I have. I have. Yeah. I don't have yeah. it currently, but I have. I loved it. Right. Yeah. So we, we get it every other week because pretty much the rest of it, we can subsidize ourselves because the whole property is edible um, and we have chickens and whatnot. But I got to say, um, if you want to check it out, something's good organic and you can modify your boxes. They sell eggs now. They sell bread. They set it all. What, what do you like best about it? Well, I appreciate that everything's in season and everything's ripe. It's just been picked. Right. And oh, my gosh, the strawberries are wow. It's delish. Okay, And then what I also have to be uh, really quick, we'll go around the horn uh, for gratitude. Um, But what I do want to do is I want to thank Vera, who's Dominique's mom, who bought us this new bed. It was really nice. I I mentioned it on the show last time. You know, we did. She upgraded it. She got us the white glove service and whatnot. And the thing is, is I am actually dropping weight because of this firm bed. And the reason is is because I've never had a firm bed before and it's killing me. I'll just be really honest. So I am getting up every night in the middle of the night. Dominique thought I was in deep prayer. Okay. Because I start off when I get uh, out of bed, say between two and four. It has been a continuum, two to four. I go outside because it's beautiful outside between two and four in the morning and you can't sleep and your um, your body's frozen. And then I start stretching. Okay. And it usually comes out with a, oh God, dear God. So she thinks I'm meditating. I don't know what she thinks, but I've been doing this too. I'm probably up for about a good 90 minutes trying to get my body back. And yes, Don, you're waving at me. You're, I'm going to make an appointment with you. And I even actually Googled it, Googled it this morning. How long does it take to get used to a firm bed? It could be as up to 100 days. We ain't going to do that. OK, we are going to get I had to um, I'm going to tell TV. OK, this is on everything national. Don, I love you. How do you know anything about firmness on, on mattresses? Have you ever experienced experienced any of this before? Yes, there's times when I really want to have a very firm mattress. It helps me adjust better when I get up. Right now, we were we were gifted we were gifted a one of those foam memory sort of foam beds that you know you kind of roll around in and and you don't just push right off of and it's it's a good it's a good sleep as well. But I I think it's just it's better to have some sort of support rather than those things that just fold in like a hammock when you get on them. You know, uh, I think in terms of being able to adjust when you get up and get your circulation going, I think it's better to have some kind of firmness, whether you like that sort of memory foam topper thing or whether you just like some people like a bed that's like a board. Well, our kids need I I know a lot of parents are going to be going through mattress phases with their kids and it's really important. Sleep is everything. All right. And I would just really recommend to have your child pick out their own mattress. That's all I'm saying. 
If you don't want to hear it, the news, just try that out. I don't know. Christine Marie, I know you love your mattress. <laughs> I should get I should get paid. <laughs> mattress commercials. I got my mattress at IKEA a long, long time ago. Um, it's a nice mattress. Um, and I am grateful. Well, I'll tell you what I'm grateful for is my chiropractor, Dr. Skyler Relascio. He just when I go, I go twice a week and I don't even, it's not a bone, he's not a bone musher, you know, it's actually stretches in a certain way, a special way of working. And it just helps me re, uh, realign and readjust my priorities and my attitude. And I get so grateful every time I'm there. And so I'm grateful for having a, you know, sort of a, an extra shot of gratitude when I go every couple, you know, a couple times a week. So nice. I, I know a, a couple of people who are using uh, his network chiropractic service, mm-hmm. and they are all thoroughly delighted. I think yep. part of it is uh, training people in body awareness. And we have a lot of uh, therapists and counselors around that talk about the importance of body awareness. Nice. I think that is one of the most important things about the com- like, like when my body's hurting, instead of med- medicating it, since we are going to be talking about medication, or, or different, instead of just medicating, I kind of come into conversation like, wow, okay, I'm listening. What's going on? So, uh, yeah. Don. Yeah. My morning routine now is I get up, I drink 21 ounces of water, and then I go out to the old treehouse I once built for my kids that they don't use anymore, of course, and hang <laughs> for as long as I could, like for 30 to 60 seconds and hang and breathe. And that allows your spine to elongate and to adjust. And and that's a great, it's a great get started because you don't feel like you're behind once you get down off that thing and you're moving around and you're a little more integrated. Nice. You know, I know we have Sierra Bo right here. If you can't hang, Sierra, I think the down dog movement in yoga, does that give a similar stretch? Uh, yeah, it does. I, I'm not a uh, yoga teacher. I'm not certified in yoga. I'm just a fitness uh, a fitness buff. Um, but yeah, any inverted postures and also even laying on your back and allowing the earth to support you uh, and not having to exert any muscles uh, against gravity. And then just reaching through uh, one hand, you know, laying your back down flat, reaching through one hand and the opposite foot, sort of getting that stretch across the body and then switching and then using the same side arm reaching over your head, leg reaching down through your toes, stretching through the side of the body. That can also help because sometimes the kinks are actually in the side muscles and they're manifesting in the, in the back. Nice. Okay. In the house returning Stephanie Forrester. Do you have anything to be grateful for Steph? Yes. I am grateful to see John Doyle on here. We did um, pretty emotional. Um, I, interview a while ago. Um, I'm also grateful to be back on the show. Um, I really got a lot out of it and um, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm also grateful for two of Justin's friends that made their six month fentanyl um, anniversary of not being on fentanyl. Yay! And Two that made their three month mark. And Beautiful. I them yesterday. So I'm very grateful for that. Take the village. Yeah, yes. take the village. Well, everybody on. Uh- 
here today understands the crisis that we are currently in. And it's not a Santa Barbara thing. It's not a county thing. It's a national thing. And I think the more transparent we can uh, be and to bring out the people, I'm going to call all everybody here today as superheroes because we want change and we want to just talk about it and then map out a plan and work together to uh, enforce that plan. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. So let's get to it. Uh, let's take some uh, a break right now and let's get to um, our wonderful guest, John Doyle, right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Christine Marie with a view from the deck. And today we have a special guest. Um, I also, um, I, I think we, uh, it's well known that I do work for the Department of Behavior Wellness. Um, and um, this, as we've to continue the conversation that we had from last week's show um, on the fentanyl epidemic, we have uh, John Doyle here from the Department of Behavior Wellness. And let me do my introduction of him as the current division chief of the alcohol and drug program called ADP for the Santa Barbara County Department of Behavior Wellness. John Doyle is a trained professional who's worked in the field of drug and alcohol counseling for 35 years. He's been with Santa Barbara County for 16 years, during which time he co-created the overdose prevention and reversal program and developed the medication assisted treatment referred to as MAT uh, program throughout Santa Barbara County. Um, without further ado, please welcome John Doyle. Nice. Thank you, Christine. And, and thanks to all of you. Um, boy, it was everything was so upbeat from firm mattresses to it's a beautiful day to gratitude. And now I've got to be the buzzkill and talk about the fentanyl epidemic. Um, it, it, there's good news and there's there's bad news. I think we're all pretty much aware uh, of the bad news. Um, more people died of opioid involved um, overdoses in 2021 than ever before. It was 106,000 people nationally. We lost 100 people in the county, and we are trending to probably have 165 opioid-involved overdoses um, this year. It is um, quite the tragedy. They're really not overdoses as much they are poisonings. Um, fentanyl is being mixed with all sorts of drugs. Um, fentanyl is extremely easy to manufacture. It's mixed in methamphetamine, cocaine. It's mixed with heroin. Um, it's more lethal than heroin. So we, we have quite the epidemic. Um, however, we have a lot of good news. Our overdose prevention and reversal program began um, when we were primarily de dealing with prescription drug abuse, Oxycontin, Opana, um, 
prescription drugs, um, narcotic painkillers. We developed that in December of 2015. And to date, we have probably distributed anywhere from three to 4,000 Narcan kits, and we have close to 2,000 reversals. That's just with ADP, county ADP, and um, our providers. We wow. Have, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful. We're it, I like to say that if I could drop Narcan out of planes, I would I would do that. It's a very harmless antidote. Um, if you don't have opioids in the system, you could give it to a baby and the liver would just metabolize it very, very easily. Um, we, so how do we how do how does every household get this? Because it sounds like this needs to be in everyone's medicine cabinet. Yes, yes, that would that would be nice. It's free from from the state. The state has something called the Mad Expansion Project, which takes a lot of money, a lot of money, tens of billions of dollars from the federal government. And one of their programs is the Narcan Distribution Project. So you can get it for free. You need a standing order, which is a standing order from um, a medical um, doctor basically saying, you know, we need this here. Um, it's not a prescribed drug. Um, and so you can get it free from the Narcan distribution project. You can go to most CVS, Walgreens, um, anywhere else to get it. Now, having said that, um, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. At the local CVS where I live, it's about $71 for two um, four milligram intranasal sprays. But you can get it. Um, if you need to get it from us, just contact County ADP. Um, we distributed a lot through Pacific Pride, um, which is our contract provider. But we also distribute things um, just with my staff as well. So it's it's pretty readily available. Marion Hospital has it in their emergency rooms, Cottage Hospital. All of our providers also have it. Do all the schools have it? No, not yet. We're I didn't think so. For, I called a couple of schools yeah. and they don't even know what I'm talking about. So yeah, they're, was, we're working on it. We're working on it with Susan Salcedo. We've made um, some fentanyl trainings. We've spoken to superintendents. We've spoken to Susan. We've we've spoken to all sorts of people. What we want to do is first distribute it to the nurses. Um, Narcan needs to be in the hands of people who are most likely to witness an overdose, which really means the people using the drugs. Um, aside from that, family, friends, um, school administrators, we've gone in, we've made presentations. Um, going into the school system is is sensitive. It's really sensitive because um, if you have Narcan, it means that, according to parents, well, my kids might be using drugs, the, the whole idea of heroin addict, junkie, drug addict comes to mind. It's really for fentanyl poisoning. It's not for fentanyl overdose. Overdose has that connotation and that stigma of drug addict, junkie, um, bum, you name it. So we, we look at it as, as fentanyl poisoning. So we're going to start with the nurses. We're going to start with the counselors, and then we're going to work our way all the way down. We we have advised, we don't mean to be bureaucratic, but count, the county has advised the schools to develop policies and, and procedures around that. Now, Christine knows I can develop a policy and a procedure in an afternoon. Just write it down, agree to certain things and, and get the friggin' thing done. Um, but parents could um, really um, and we know that parents are now dictating um, educational um, topics, not just in the Deep South, but also in California. It's really I'm a former educator, so it's really kind of weird. 
Um, but parents have a lot of sway and we, we really need to work with them to say, Hey, listen, you know, your kid's not a drug addict. Um, this can happen to anyone. We've had two kids overdose and die from fentanyl that was mixed in marijuana. They smoked a joint, they fell asleep. They didn't wake up very, very tragic. So we're working on getting it into the schools. So is this, um, John, I would think it'd be safe to say that, you know, as teenagers, they're experimenting and this is where experimentation is possibly fatal even just the first time if someone smokes like if there was someone who smoked that joint for the first time that had fentanyl in it they could they could have died and it would have been just from experimenting yes and that's the that's that's the tragedy uh the the tragedy is in the field, we can work with people for decades. We work with alcoholics for for decades. We work with people who um, take a lot of methamphetamine, cocaine, um, you you name it. We have time to work with them. They have developed a substance, what we call a substance use disorder. We work with them. We try to reduce the harm. Hopefully, if their problem is bad enough to get them sober and, and abstinent, the, the problem that we have with fentanyl and a lot of the powerful opioids is they take no prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many of the drugs are contaminated with it. We've never experienced in the 30 seven years that I've been in this business, we've never experienced an epidemic where people who do not have substance use disorders are overdosing and and dying. Um, There's no indication that they have any problems with any substance. They just take a certain substance to party, if you will, and they pass away. So there is no truly safe drug out there. Ironically, Ironically, other than alcohol, and we all know that alcohol at times cannot be safe or cannabis that is um, gotten through a licensed dispensary um, by the person who actually bought the cannabis. Anything else is is has become very risky. So uh, this is Dominique Hackett. Uh, I know we're going to break for another section, but before we do, uh, when I was growing up, uh, and doing my experimenting, I like how Christina saying that I knew like if you were out at a party, um, you you didn't put your drink down. You kept mm-hmm. your drink in your hand. And if you did put it down, dump it in a bush. Do not take another sip from it because you don't know if someone's you know playing a joke and has put something in there. So what we're trying to communicate to kids uh, or young adults, um, anyone who's at the point where they feel like they need to experiment with some sort of consciousness altering experience. Hey, things have changed. It's not like it was when your parents were experimenting in the 60s. Yes. Well, you have dispensaries now and you can get a doctor's note because you have ADHD or whatever. So there are a lot of things, kids, if they want to experiment, you can go get a card and get marijuana i mean every kid that i hate to say safely so i think what's happening is you have the underworld where they're having all these issues and then you have a legalized now mm-hmm. uh, way to experiment it, i'm not i'm not advocating it and because i think it leads into other things but i i would just if you have to do something do it the legal way okay yeah. don't don't for safety don't pick don't let that kid at the school and this is the thing that upsets me most and i want i want to after break i want to get stephanie's um take on this too because they're selling it in the schools 
I mean, you got kids vaping in the back of the bus. I mean, and they're buying these things outside of the Mad Academy is one place in Santa Barbara High. And they also are selling it in Dos Pueblos and in San Marcos. So as the queen of teen, and now I have my kids that have graduated, I can call them, okay, on the real, on the low, can you get anything you want in school? The answer is always yes. And it's really, again, like I said earlier, it's really not any different because I went to Rolling Hills High School, which is in Palos Verdes, and in my senior year of school, and this is a 19, I graduated in 78, we had everything there too. Okay. It was a very affluent school that pills, what do you want it there? It was there. So I'm not making a whole, this is really bad there. Cause and you'd have to be not wanting to see things because it was there. And then when somebody tragically died, what they do, they took the car and they put it on the, in the parking lot and they tried to scare all the kids. This is what happens when you drink and drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I, I, I think what it is, and we have you, and I'm going to call you a superhero, John. Thank you so much. But and, and I know you've been an educator your whole life and you can only do certain things. But it's like the left hand's not telling the right hand. I mean, you need to work together. OK, so maybe we could talk a little bit about this, but we got to take a break. This is Erica Salda, the queen of teen. We'll be back with more after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Hello, this is uh, John Doyle. I am the Division Chief for the County of Santa Barbara Alcohol and Drug Programs, and we are talking about fentanyl, um, the good, the bad, what we what we need to do. And we ended at the, the last, um, before the break, the last section talking about um, care coordination. Um, yes, we do need to coordinate care and we're doing that. We have a lot of medicated assisted treatment out there. We have uh, medicated state-of-the-art medicated assisted treatment systems within County ADP at Cottage Hospital, at Marion Hospital, at the Santa Barbara Neighborhood Clinics, and we're all working to coordinate them. Um, we are part of the California Opioid or Overdose Prevention Network, the California Opioid Safety Network. And now I facilitate with Sheriff Bill Brown something called Project Opioid, where we're trying to bring all of these resources together so people who know about them. We have a website, an opioid safety website. It is opioidsafetysb.org. That talks about all of the prevention services, that talks about all of our treatment services, that talks about the science. We have local data, we have national data, we have justice-involved data, we have mental health data. Um, It's a wealth of information. We created that in, and it serves all of Santa Barbara County. We created that as part of the Santa Barbara Opioid Safety Coalition that I am part of. We have coalitions, we have networks, we have task forces. CENCAL has um, an opioid program. And yes, we do need to coordinate everything. Um, I, I think that coordinating services is essential. Telling people about the services is essential. Um, we're all doing a lot of great things. We're all um, fairly specialized, but now we're addressing the opioid epidemic um, on a broad scale. So I urge everyone to go to that website. 
Um, if you're having um, any trouble accessing it, go to the Behavioral Wellness um, website, and you can also access our opioid safety website through um, California, or excuse me, Santa Barbara Behavioral Wellness, the ADP program, but there's a wealth of information there. Stephanie, I know you, are you going to add to this? I am going to add to it because I'm also involved with the Project Opiate, and um, I do take, I, I do understand that this is going to take steps to get done, um, little steps, but as far as the drugs being sold at school, I don't know what to say other than I know that it's true. I've talked to students and it's very easy for them to get them at school. The straight A students are getting them. Every, any, it, it, there's no certain type of, of teenager that's, uh, that's getting them. They, they are, they are, everybody's trying it that way. So I guess that part is needs to kind of be addressed, especially if, if an, a, you know, an adult a teacher or anybody sees some kind of activity like that, that it, we notice that right away. And we get, we pick up on that right away. Also, you know, I wouldn't mind just... As a parent of five kids, having conversations down with my kids have grown up. Stephanie, I, I realized that um, the times when my kids seemed okay, they were actually on a substance. And when they didn't seem okay, they were coming down from a substance. So I misread my own children's behavior and didn't recognize what was going on. That is so important. That yes. is so, so, so important. Yes. And I used to think, gosh, she's in such a good mood. Well, he's a little altered. And then when he was cranky, what's wrong with him? Well, he wasn't. He was trying to stabilize. Hmm. John, can you can you add something to this? Because as parents, we're really confused because we tell our kids, you know, don't experiment with life in that way. It has negative consequences. And yet they're getting bombarded by it in the various communities that they're growing up in. What can you say to parents to help them interact with their kids and try to save our kids from these experiences? Oh boy, that's a that's a a big question. Um, I I would say be open, allow the discussion. Do not be punitive. Um, when we confront people using drugs, they use more, and that goes for treatment as well. We used to we used to just say, okay, you you're gonna you're going to do the following or else. Well, people tend to use more, um, so you want to be open. You want to be as informed as you can. You want to express concern um, if. The um, if the child comes home under the influence, I would really, really not recommend any harsh punitive action um, that will really confuse them in a very good way. They will say that will create what's called cognitive dissonance. They won't be able to blame you for getting down on them. And as soon as you get down on them, say, well, I have a mother who's a so-and-so or a father, so that pisses me off. So I'm going to go out and use even more. So be open, be open to the conversation. Um, there, there are certain things that can be said. There's no such thing as I'm the most liberal drug and alcohol counselor you can find. I'm 
I'm from the Bay Area. I worked with harm reduction and so on and so forth. But there is no safe drug. You don't want to say, hey, if you're going to use, go out and get drunk. Um, make sure make, make sure no one gives you um, no one slips something in your drink or, you know, go out and, and buy alcohol and then go to a cannabis dispensary. Um, but you definitely want to want to be open. You want to express concern. Um, you want to be as scientific as you can. There is so much drama and there's there's so much distortion in the field of substances. Um, and that's really hurt us. That's come from my industry as, as well. We've made um, ridiculous statements. We have made statements that are unscientific and they have all come back to bite us. So I would say be open, don't be punitive, engage in a discussion, express concern. Um, you know, and that would probably be be the best thing to do. Nice. Hey, I want what I want to do, John, I want to introduce you might already know him. Anthony Rodriguez is in the house. A co-host has been with our show for many, many years. Um, Anthony, why don't you give us your title? And I know you're in the trenches every single day with this with this uh, opioid epidemic. And you've you know, saved a lot of lives. Anthony. Yeah. Hi, this is Anthony from the, uh, the Food Bank Operations and Disaster Services Specialist, but also co-founder of Santa Barbara Response Network. Um, so. Yeah, in reality, I mean, what he was saying is right. But another thing we need to learn how to do is actually just listen. Although it's very difficult for us as as care, you know, our elders, and you know, I got my I got my nephew. He's like my kid. He's like my son. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to take feedback from your parents, but it's I think it's hard when you take it from your parents because it's always very harsh. It's not listening. It's always saying, "Well, I told you so," or or something like that, and that's mm-hmm. not what you want to hear at that time. You have to be very calm, even though you're really frustrated inside, but just listen to whatever it is that they have to say, and then just don't minimize what's going on, but also just be upfront with them and how you feel. Um, it's, it's, it really makes a difference when, when somebody listens um, mm-hmm. to the, you know, the actual words that are coming out of somebody's mouth. And it does make a difference because that's what everybody forgets to do is listen. Don't, don't jump in and try to um, fill in the silence. Just, just listen. And, you know, hopefully these kids will listen if we just be patient and also just be very upfront about what's going on. It is dangerous. There's a lot of things. I mean, it doesn't take more than once. It could just be that one time. Um, But I think that, you know, if we have if we educate ourselves and, and, you know, show them the stuff that we have learned. I mean, having backup and and facts, it makes a huge difference um, because we can't just. Say we think that this is how it goes and this is what, it, you know, what they say, but just be honest and, and learn and, and get that information, you know, have that fa- those facts ready to go if you need to talk to your kid. Um, and, you know, if your son or daughter's friends are probably in that, in that realm, hey, don't be afraid to jump in and just be like, hey, you know, do you guys mind if I talk with you guys? I just want to make sure that you guys are okay. You know, mm-hmm. no questions asked, no, no, no judgment, just I'm here for you. If you need anything, please. I'm here to listen. I'm not going to get mad. I just want you to talk to me. Mm. And it, it does make a difference. I mean, that's just from what I'm seeing with a lot of the kids right now. I mean, they want to be out there and do their drugs. And, you know, I confiscated a couple of them last night. And it's, um, I just tell them it's dangerous, guys. I mean, it's, it's not a joke right now. I mean, it only takes you. You might not even know that it's actually on a counter. You touch that counter and you're, you're gone. You're gone. And the last thing I want to do is, Tell your parents you're not coming back home. Hmm. You know, I don't want to have to do that. 
And, you know, and I'm very honest about that and kind of makes them think. And, you know, I, I just I'm just really glad that everybody's speaking up about this because it, it's it doesn't it can't just stop here. It can't just be in this conversation with us. We need to do something about it. We need to be more vocal. I already I actually went into <laughs> to the school because I, I was invited to an event for a friend and I started bringing this up and um, I'm going to have a meeting with the board uh, to talk about something because we need to figure something out. We need it. We need to keep on pushing this as hard as mm -hmm. possible. But in the right way, not force it on them, but just bring it to light. This is what's going on. Hey, this is what can happen. I don't want you to go, you know, and just hopefully they'll listen. And most likely they will. We don't push hard. We just address it the correct way. Calm, talking to them, listening to them. I think it'll make a difference. Mm. It's funny if you had a bag of it and you just threw it on the board's table and said, you know, this is what, you know, I retrieved here from your school property and I had it analyzed. And if anybody would have taken any of this, they would have not been back at school the next day. I mean, you need to almost have this yeah. shock therapy for the for the board, for the adults, because then then that, then they have an ex because then they've been told something. Now they have to they have to react. I mean, they're going to have to do something or act or act. They have to act. Um, I don't know. It's it's a mess. John. I, I think that what Anthony said was brilliant. Um, yeah. Listen, um, not only listen to what they say verbally, but behaviorally. I, I think that you guys were in tune to that. We thought it was going fine when they were they were happy. Well, maybe they were under the influence. You know, parenting is in, is um, I have two kids myself. Um, it's unbelievably difficult um, to be present all the time. But I think the kids really need people to be present, to to be aware of what's going on, to be open. And I couldn't agree more with Anthony. One of the fundamental um, pillars of counseling and psychotherapy is is for the person just to shut up and listen and listen and hear what they have to say. Um, you know, it's it's that delicate balance. You want to provide them with the science behind it. We have a long history of of nonsense that our field has has given out we, what we generally call the reefer madness type of thing um your brain on drugs and all these other things that we have just uh, that has really hurt us because the the kids are good people are going to use they use people use drugs because drugs work let's let's cut the crap drugs work they work better than anything else on the short term they provide meaning purpose energy they cure anxiety they cure depression um, they they disinhibit, they allow introverts to be sociable in the long term. Of course, they turn on you. But I, I think when it comes to fentanyl, not only fentanyl, but some of the other opioids, these these cause respiratory arrest and they can do it very, very quickly. So we just want to we want to do as Anthony says, we want to listen and ex just express our concern. Um because I'm sure that the kids, it seems to be generational. They always know, well, if you listen to adults, they're full of crap because they did it all. So if they could get through it, why can't I get through it? And they're just full of crap. They don't know what's going on. And we're not going to trust them anyway. Whether we call that a developmental task um, or a stage or anything else, it is, it is very real. So the more we listen, the better they do. Right. Let's take another little break. This is Erica Salda, the Queen of Team. We'll be back with a lot more with John Doyle after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and 
Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. John Doyle again, um, Division Chief for County ADP. Um, okay, so let's say that we have people who need treatment and access to treatment. Um, is there enough access? Probably not. Um, but we do have quite a few programs. Um, we have programs that are open for adolescents. We have adolescent treatment um, throughout every region of the county. Most of the adolescent programs are open um, during the weekend. Um, we have screening, brief intervention, and referral as well. We constantly have access. And as, as a bureaucrat, I can turn around and I can say, well, we have, we've been studied by the state. We've been studied by CMS. They say we have all of the access in the world. Well, the bottom line is if people can't get in, they don't have access, regardless of what bureaucrats like me say. So we're always trying to improve and expand access. We're going into the schools um, more and more. And we're very thankful that the schools are allowing us to do that. We have um, mental health programs in the schools. Um, sometimes people experiment with um, alcohol and drugs because they're in pain, emotional pain. It happens quite frequently. We're going in to do substance use disorder counseling. So we're expanding um, access all we want. I urge people if they do not feel that they have access. And I know how bureaucratic this is going to sound. And I, I hear anyone who's going to criticize, go onto our website and we have something like, let's call it the complaint department, but we have a form to fill out. Um, fill out those forms, take the time. My kid from Guadalupe, my kid from Santa Maria, my, my, my kid from Santa Barbara tried to get access for outpatient treatment and couldn't. I want to let you know about it. There's a simple one-page survey, go in. But I assure you, we've expanded access um, quite a bit. We have a lot of resources. We certainly can improve, but we need the feedback to improve in the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I like that whole thing about expanding it on the school. You have the dean of student, you know, um, as far as guidance counselors and what, I'm sure they get the extra training that is needed. Mm -hmm. um, a kid could go in there during lunch or a free period, something like that. Maybe, I mean, we could expand that I mean, because the kids are at school. Sure. Where are the kids? They're at school mm -hmm. most of the day. Okay, nine months out of the year. So you would think that you'd focus location, 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 right? If you figure it's right there. I mean, it's hard. Kids don't have a driver's license in ninth grade. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like if you can't get to that, go to them. I mean, if they can't get to you, go to them. That's definitely. But we, we also want to let our you know county people know we're not just talking about kids. We're, it's the number one killer. Uh, isn't it up to like age 45 of Americans in the United States? Correct. We're, we're talking about all ages. We're talking about yes. rich, poor. We're talking about uh every race we're talking this is major this is mm -hmm. major and now they can they make it in any form they could put it in pills powder you could smoke it they cut it in anything if it's if there's a drug you can lace it with this and it really makes it bad and i don't know how the numbers are going to show for a future but i think that if there was ever going to be a spike it'll be this summer and the reason is is because the kids have been locked down for the last two years so it's going to be i sadly think and that's why we're trying to give tools on this show and i i just would hope 
hope that the county, I mean, this is the newest thing, what they're expecting on these camps. They've priced so many of the middle class out. Kids can't go to these camps because they can't afford it. So you have to be able to supply and have a child have their time consumed over the summer when they've been in school or they're going to be monopolizing their times and maybe dabbling in things and they shouldn't uh, be doing because it's all over the place. And I, I, I'm here. I am. My kids are 30 and 27 and I see it. And I'm not looking. I mean, it does, it's not hard. It was three phone calls and it's three for three. And then I talked to Stephanie, who, my God, she's had the, the greatest loss and she's it, it put her in a place. And I don't want to speak for you, Stephanie, because I want to um, let you do your talking. But I mean, you've told me things about this drug that I never knew. So maybe you can share to the people and parents and grandparents and kids out there that you be careful, be wise. Right. That's exactly it. Be careful. Be wise. There's a lot of stuff we still don't know about it. There's stuff that I'm still finding out on a daily basis. I'm concerned with the detox centers that we don't have here for the fentanyl and the fentanyl withdrawals and what and the sophistication that's actually needed when somebody is detoxing off of fentanyl, the medical care. I know that fentanyl now has come out in just a pure powder form, which is a lot less expensive to buy because it's not pressed in a pill. And I know that for sure. I've seen it. I've talked to kids about it. So it to me, it's getting, it's, it's something has to be done very fast because it's going to get, it, to me, it's going to get worse. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Fill up your coffee. We've got another section right after these messages. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. This is Erica, the Queen of Teen. Boy, we've touched on a lot, a, a heavy subject. We've been we've been building up to this. We have uh, the superintendent of schools for Ojai um, going to be joining us next week, Dr. Morrison and her assistant, Hazel. So we're just going to keep beating this drum until... Um, and just if we could wake up one person, if we could save one child, then we've done what we need to do. John Doyle, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Um, thank you for having me. Love you to come back. Christine, Marie, thank you so much for inviting John. So great. Um, let's finish up with Ed and uh, Don. Ed. Yeah, thanks, Erica. This is Ed Langlow with If Only I'd Known. And I'd like to address a group of people that are affected by this fentanyl issue, and that is our veterans. Uh, they come back with uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, and a lot of times they turn to drugs as an answer to that. 
So I wanted to recognize uh, a group of people that are raising funds for our, our veterans. And that is the, all the people that are involved with what's called Groovin' in the Grove. It's a fundraiser for our veterans. It's uh, put on by the Elks Lodge. And there are people that are on that show committee that I would like to recognize as, as well as the, the entrance to the show. It's $45 to bring a car, motorcycle, or vintage travel trailer to that show. And the bulk of the funds are raised. And those people are kind of the silent contributors, as well as the sponsors that uh, that bring money in every year for it. So um, I'd just like to uh, address all that. Beautiful. Well, well, we'll see you there for sure. And thank you, Don. Yeah. You only got like 40, 50 seconds. Yeah, I want to uh, gratitude for John Doyle coming on and talking about all the things he did. My own older son, uh, you know, battled a meth addiction is still sometimes in and out of, of um, you know, needing help and uh, just as, you know, used to just disappear in the middle of the night and be able to do that in Camarillo. So I've been trying to cross pollinate uh, Ojai and Santa Barbara on some of these community issues to be able to um, better strengthen a network of people that could find answers and solutions to some of these gaps and things where we've been acknowledging here that there's not coverage, there's not enough, there's not, you know, the resources need to get to the people need it. Nice. All right. Hey, this has been a huge show. We're going to have a big show again next week. Again, thank you to John Doyle. Thank you to Stephanie Forrester and Stephanie. I know I'm going to see you again next week. So um, have a great week, guys. Make somebody happy. Hug it out. God bless. See you next week. Oh, wow. Love the